Oh, hi, Mom. So I sent you the tape of this conversation with Sandra Lewis. What do you think the listeners are going to find interesting about it? What I found interesting was that she realized that she was in a box that was limiting their service and who they were offering it to and that they were in the wrong box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Box is what I think a lot of people call category. Oh, it's a bad word to use. No, 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 it's fine. People, uh, a lot of people talk about creating a category or, or trying to change categories. No, not a bad word at all. Well, because I think you you could very easily say, I'm in this box, this is me, or this is our company. And then you get to a point where you realize you have to, I don't know, get into a different box or expand the box, uh, Mm -hmm. Rename the box. You're talking about 98% of why I think people are interested in strategic narrative, maybe 100%. So because this is very common, then it doesn't make her point that I got out of it very interesting because everybody has that. No, no, I'd say the opposite. It's it's interesting to everybody. Everybody wants to, to know how to do this. It's not a bad point. That's a great point. Okay. Are we done? Are you done? Yeah. I'm Andy Raskin, and this is The Bigger Narrative. In each episode, I talk with leaders about their strategic narrative, the story they're telling that's bigger than their products and their companies, story about change in their customers' world, story that drives success in sales, marketing, fundraising, recruiting, product, everything. And my guest for this episode is one of my favorite people in the world, Sandra Lewis, CEO of Boldly. Based in the UK, Boldly helps busy execs and solopreneurs across the US and Europe find really high quality remote team members, A-list assistants, bookkeepers, project managers, all on a part-time basis. Back in 2015, Sandra was calling Boldly a virtual assistant company, and together we crafted messaging around a shift she saw where clients were demanding trustworthiness in a virtual assistant, not just someone who could like make appointments for you. That worked for a while, but after a couple of years, competitors who weren't screening talent nearly as rigorously started saying basically the same thing. Potential clients would call boldly and they would say, Tell me again, how are you different from... And then they would list out all these companies we had nothing to do with. (laughs) You know, um, and, and so we realized, wow, you know, a virtual assistant you can trust. Well, that's not enough. So... We realized uh, we needed to elevate our brand, and um, that's when we did the second round of messaging. Okay, this one, you had me come to see you guys in Dorset. Yes, so you came all the way to the UK (laughs) to meet the sheep, right? Paint the picture for people of, like, where the headquarters of Boldly is. So we are, you know, in the middle of, as you said, of Dorset in the UK, very, very south of the UK. Um, So we're one hour from, from the south coast. And there's nothing around except sheep and cows. It's very, very green. There's a school that's about, what, five miles from here. It's a beautiful school, which looks like the Harry Potter 
right? Like Hogwarts, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, I remember we, um, went and we took a picture in front of it and you told me to tell my son that I had visited Hogwarts. Right, <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's, it, it's idyllic. It's, it's mm. beautiful. Mm. And again, I think that's the beauty of what can be achieved these days with, uh, with technology. And, and uh, Can you describe a little bit for folks where you were thinking about where you needed to go? From virtual assistants you can trust, to, what were you starting to think about where you wanted that messaging to go? So we really wanted to elevate our brand and to differentiate ourselves. And we realized that the term virtual assistant was really holding us back. So we had tried, right, a first round of, of messaging, keeping mm-hmm. virtual assistant mm-hmm. and realized, you know what, it's just, it's, we're not, we're, we need to move away from virtual assistants to really elevate ourselves and differentiate ourselves. Which was um, a, a huge, I mean, you said it's holding you back, but it also you were getting a lot from it because you were like ranked number one on this virtual assistant rating site. Yes. And people knew you in the space. You you had established quite a bit of brand equity. Yes, maybe people didn't know exactly how you were different in a lot of cases, but but they were calling you. Absolutely. And it was a huge risk. And I remember we sat around the table for hours and days and weeks. Are we crazy? To your point, Mm -hmm. we're going to lose our SEO. But I mean, every brand goes through this juncture where Mm -hmm. you have to take a risk. You Mm -hmm. know, if you want to grow and if you want to establish yourself as a leader, you have to evolve. And that means, yeah, maybe for a while people won't find us. But Mm -hmm. ultimately, who do we want to be? We don't want to be one of the many virtual assistant companies. We want to be a remote staffing company, which is what... Uh, what came about in in our messaging. Could you explain a little bit about where you went and why you Mm -hmm. decided to go there? Yeah, the tagline that we have now, I I think encapsulates where we went and what we wanted it to be. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the messaging is our strategy. And, And for us, this is what happened. So get ridiculously talented remote staff without the hiring became who we are today. Get ridiculously um, talented staff without yes. that hassle of, of the hiring, right? Yeah. And exactly. So it, you broadened it to ridiculously talented remote staff. It's b- beyond VAs. Yeah. I mean, there were actually quite a few people on our management team who were very timid and gun shy about ridiculously talented. Oh, no, are, are you sure? I mean, this is a tall order. There was a lot of like, mm. can we really hold our promise that's a tall order ridiculously talented this is what we're promising here Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously you know as you hire people sometimes you make mistakes and you know we've learned a lot over the years Mm -hmm. but this was a tall order Mm -hmm. and i just decided to aim for what i believed was Mm -hmm. what we aspired to be Mm -hmm. and once we put that as our core messaging this is who we became. It's kind mm-hmm. of, and it drove everything that we did. So, okay, ridiculously talented. Well, let's relook at our recruitment process because, you know, we've got to make sure that, you know, we are delivering on that ridiculously talented. Well, let's now relook at our pricing. We're delivering ridiculously talented. I think we can charge a bit more. So, and then the, the, the without the hiring was, well, we have to hire. To be able to really give companies and executives a real true alternative to traditional employment, we had to 
ourselves become compliant. And so we then decided to hire our entire team as W-2 employees, which meant, you know, registering in every state that we were in. We have 23 U.S. states. Anyone who's hired remotely or who's hired in a state knows how complicated that is. <laughs> and that was part of the without the hassle of, of having to hire. We, we did all this for you. So that messaging really became our strategy. And for the ridiculously talented were there hurdles that the remote staffers had to meet in order to qualify? Like what, what guidelines did you set? We have very stringent guidelines, which we've developed over the years because we've made a lot of mistakes. Hiring remotely, and I can say it now that the world you know, is looking at remote, is very difficult and, can be, and it's quite different than hiring for in-office, I have found. So we have a three-step hiring process. We have a couple of online tests. So yes, it's very stringent. And we've got to be able to, to hire not only for skills, but also for values. I guess every company has to determine what their values are. But we are a service company, right? Mm -hmm. We thrive on helping people succeed. That's mm -hmm. what we're all about. Those executives that need the support, seeing them succeed is for us the most rewarding thing. So mm -hmm. their success is our success. So. We look for people who say, well, success is, is when I can make someone else successful. Success is, is when my team mm. is successful because that's what gives our team the, the, greatest, the greatest joy. We had someone just a few weeks ago who she's supporting a, a not-for-profit and she um, basically was over the moon celebrating that what she had done that day was finally being able to schedule a meeting for her executive with Melinda Gates. And, she, and, <laughs> and this was for her the most amazing thing because mm -hmm. she'd mm -hmm. been working on that for like mm -hmm. three weeks and she mm -hmm. knew how important this was mm -hmm. going to be. And obviously it is, but you know, and, and so she, th those are the people that we hired. And, and as I understand it, these people tend to be people who had careers in maybe big companies, but for whatever personal lifestyle reason, they started looking to make themselves fractionally available. Yes, exactly. So our team are 90% parents, so mm -hmm. either mothers or fathers, mostly mothers on our team. They all have a minimum of seven years of experience in a corporate environment. Most of them actually have more like 10 to 15 to 20, but minimum seven years. Mm -hmm. And yes, now they've either started a family or they've had to move for different personal reasons or they have to care for an elderly parent or there's a, there's a unique circumstance in their life that makes it that they really value having a flexible schedule, but they still want to have a great career and they still want to make a difference. So it's a win-win. They're yeah. able to do that and our clients are able to really tap into that expertise. You're a marketplace company in the broad sense where you're connecting the employers with talent. A lot of people ask me about how can I address both sides? So every company has multiple audiences that they need to talk to. But the marketplace companies have this in an extreme because the, the audiences are quite different. And <laughs> so you have the employer side and the, the talent side. And you've what you call the tagline, what I, what I often call the object of the new game <laughs> message. Mm -hmm. you know, if we can have these ridiculously talented people without the hassle of the hiring, then we're going to win. So you chose a message that's very clearly focused on the employer the, or the person looking for the talent. 
I'm curious, like, does that message still, even though it's not directed at the talent, attract the talent or give the talent a sense of who you are and what they're looking for? So yes and no. Yes, in the sense that who doesn't want to be part of a ridiculously talented team? Mm. I mean, it's kind of, wow, who are these people? Can I be part of it? So we've had actually uh, a lot of applicants who have said, funnily enough, I love that your screening process and your application process is so tough because I feel like once I make it, I'm really going to be part of this elite group of people. And it's, you know, I want to be part of that. So ridiculously talented is good in that sense. But we also then created a a career page and a job Mm -hmm, page, mm -hmm. which was very specifically geared towards what you can expect when you join our team in, in more detail, obviously, from the from the job seeker side. And our tagline for that um, is finally a career on your own terms. With boldly you decide when, how much, and with whom you work. So these people who are like rock stars, they had to make the choice between, hey, do I want a family or whatever personal thing was taking them away? Or do I want to have a career? And you're saying, hey, you can set your own terms for this. And and still get that feeling, like you said, of, oh, I'm part of a team and things that they, they really enjoyed in the rest of their life. Exactly. You can still have a rewarding career while also having a life. And so how has this worked out for you in terms of recruiting talent and also customers? The big thing was to get people to understand how you're different. How's that playing out? No, I'm telling you, and I'm not exaggerating, people don't ask anymore. It was the first thing that we noticed within the first week that we put the website up because it was so dramatic. There was such a dramatic shift. Mm. People went on the website and no one asked, how are you different? Mm. It was obviously we were no longer a virtual assistant company. We were now a premium subscription staffing company. So that also helped that Mm. we moved away from the term virtual assistant. Premium subscription staffing. Can you describe what, what is that? As we know, the whole world is um, subscribing to everything. So we asked ourselves, why couldn't executives and businesses also subscribe to staff? And so that's how we came up with subscription staffing, just in the same way that, you know, you can subscribe to anything in the world um, in, in a way that's no hassle. You could also subscribe to staff and you don't have to go through trying to recruit and trying to hire and, and then retain and pay and employment laws and all these things that are that are just such a hassle. Do you have any advice for entrepreneurs who are thinking about doing this themselves, how to go about crafting a story like this that's going to set them apart? What we found is that if you have a new idea, like subscription staff is, is new. And is, in fact, some people are misunderstanding what subscription staffing is by going, oh, you mean I subscribe to your website and then you give me a list mm, of people mm, mm. and then I choose from the people. So, well, no, you subscribe to our service and mm. then you can work with a staff member on a month-to-month basis. So what I would say is that when you have a new concept, it's really, really important to... So, you know, our website, we've taken the time if you kind of scroll down to really unpack what we Mm. mean. Mm. And that's really important. Don't think that because you understand it, you're Mm. enamored with it (laughs) and you've talked about it with your team and, oh my God, this is so fantastic. Don't think you go out in the world and say this new thing and people kind of look at you, what is that? 
So really find a way to articulate it for a layperson. So you can you can talk about subscription staffing in our case, but then we explain it as, you know, this is remote staff, you subscribe to the service, you then, you know, we match you with someone. So just take the time to really unpack it, say more about it, have videos. I also think images are really, really important alongside your message. I remember initially your imagery was stock imagery. Yes. And you switched to, it's all real, like the person on the front of the webpage, he's a real customer. The yes. people who are pictured on the page for staffers, they're real people who actually work on boldly assignments. And, and I think that comes through. It's interesting what you just said, because I hear from all those CEOs who are known for this great story, like Tian Suo, the CEO of Zwara, the subscription economy, or mm -hmm. David Cancel, who I had on the podcast recently, talking about conversational marketing. They told me like when they first started using these terms, people hated them. Mm. They hated them themselves. Like it took time for these labels to become kind of a shorthand for this bigger story they were telling in all these different ways, like you say. Mm -hmm. And I love how, yes, you guys have become this kind of content machine, mm -hmm. <laughs> producing videos and all kinds of stuff, talking about what this, this means. And, and it seems like gradually people are, you know, coming around to understanding it. But from what I hear from all these folks, it can take years. Exactly. It can take years. You just have to keep repeating it and repeating it and repeating it. And, and as you said earlier as well, we have two audiences. We have the executive mm -hmm. who is looking for someone and then the, the job seekers. So the same, you know, subscription staffing for the candidate, you also have to unpack it. Well, what am I, are people subscribing to me? You know, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, yeah, it takes a lot of effort to educate and make sure people yeah. understand the subtlety of it. Yeah. And now because of the coronavirus, it's a kind of a timely question. You know, how has this impacted your company and if at all the story you're telling? I, I feel very blessed because our team, obviously, we've got a huge advantage. I mean, we had a few clients who have had to pause their subscription, unfortunately, but not too many. Mm -hmm. um, so we haven't been affected hardly at all. And for the last couple of weeks, we've seen a huge upsurge mm -hmm. of demand with new clients who've been calling us and who, for whatever reason, I've had to lay off some of my staff, but I still need a little bit of help. So I need someone 20 hours a week. Can you help? Mm -hmm. um, and also with the uncertainty, you know, I don't really want to hire myself. So this is great. You know, I can tap into your talent. Let's see how it goes for a few months and see where my company goes. So we've, we're very, very well positioned. Mm -hmm. And from the side of our team, I mean, it's the same. Because we are used to working in a remote environment, even though, of course, this is not remote as normal. I've said our team are moms, and so the kids are home. <laughs> but because this is what we specialize in, our team is very used to setting a structure. And when you work remotely, structure and communication are the two pillars of success. Most of our team work with multiple clients. Mm -hmm. So if you work with three or four clients and you want to do a great job, you have to be able to say, hey, Bill, I'm available for you from two to three, and then again from six to seven, and John, I'm available to you from 10 to 12, and, and etc. So 
when this happened, well, it was yet another structure. Listen, I'm, mm. I'm not doing homeschooling mm. from 46. And the other mm. time, you know, this is what I'm doing. And we've mm -hmm. just continued with just uh, more communication to, to the clients as well, because we've had to say, hey, Bill, you know, uh, can I move the time that I'm working with you a little bit? Because I need a little bit of time with the kids between two and three. Mm -hmm. But it's mm -hmm. worked out totally fine. And again, we've had a, a big advantage here. That's great. Well, I just want to say working with you and your team has been one of the most gratifying experiences of my life, um, <laughs> not to mention most fun getting to visit you and walk around those pastures and uh, see the lambs. Andy, same. I mean, it's been such a pleasure. And as I've said, the messaging that we came up with together elevated our brand to a level that we could never have imagined. Mm. It forced us to to actually look at our strategy and to completely change the way that we operated. And mm. it was radical and it, yeah, it propelled our brand, uh, you know, to be a leader in the industry. And we've attracted, that's the other thing as well, you know, we've, we've, we've attracted such so amazing clients since we changed our messaging that very last time. You know, the Get Ridiculously Talented remote staff has made it that the caliber of clients became better for oh, whatever reason. The caliber so of team and the caliber of clients. And yeah, it's it's been revolutionary for us. So the, the bigger point, I, th I think, is when you've made it very eloquently, is that when you get this story in place, it's not just a, a sales pitch. It really becomes the strategic North Star for even how you think about your offering. Yeah. And your, your team becomes inspired as well. You know, you need something that people can stand behind. I love that every time I talk with Sandra, more becomes clear to me about this strategic narrative thing that I've committed my career to. Among all the great points she made, I love the one about how defining the narrative and coming up with the name for this new game category is just the first step. How she said you have to unpack it for people, telling it over and over in different ways, probably for years before it takes hold. The Bigger Narrative is produced and edited by me, Andy Raskin, with music by Stephen Emerson and podcast cover art by Angela May Chen. Carla Borelli inspired the show by telling me I should do it over coffee. Thanks to Sandra Lewis, Matt Criticos, Audrey Fairbrother, Emma Topping, and everyone at Boldly, Special thanks also to Rowan Narona, Mindy Sabella, the Hambro Arms Pub, where you'll find the best quiz night in all of Dorset County, and Carol Wasserman. And remember, the company story is the company strategy. 